Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents part three of the series, Alien Invasion. Listen, this is our confession. This is our vision statement as a church. So I want you to say it with me. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Woohoo! Come on, let me hear you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Alien Invasion, part three. Praise God. I've been having so much fun with this series. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, somebody did this, so I'm doing it back. Hallelujah. The Spock sign, the Spock welcome sign. Hallelujah. Live long and prosper. You know, that's a biblical concept. And he was a Jew, Leonard Nimoy, and he borrowed that from the ancient Hebrews as a sign of shalom. Hallelujah. That's a little known fact. So next time you watch Star Trek, And he goes, live long and prosper. Say, yes, and shalom, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, Alien Invasion Part 3. Each week in this series, we have begun with an astonishing statement to the residents of planet Earth. And my purpose in doing that was to couch a discussion of end times in science fiction, science fantasy terms to have a little fun with it. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's begin by rereading that statement. There are aliens in our midst who have mingled with the population of Earth for thousands of years. They come from a world that is billions of light years from this planet, one that is more powerful and more technologically advanced than anything we could ever imagine here on Earth. They look like Earthlings on the outside, but on the inside, they are very, very different from the residents of this world. After a prolonged period of waging warfare for the hearts and minds of the people of planet Earth, these aliens will be removed by their leader and will be teleported to the capital city of their home planet. After a short celebration in their capital city, these aliens will assemble the greatest army that the universe has ever seen. Headed by their fearless and powerful leader, They will be teleported back to Earth, successfully invade this planet, conquer the armies of the Earth, and set up their own worldwide government, a government that will last for 1,000 years. At the end of 1,000 years, the alien leader will put down all remaining rebellion and will begin to fundamentally transform the nature of this planet. He will transport the capital of his world through a space-time portal across the vast expanse of the universe, I just love saying that, and will make it the capital of this world forever. He will rule this planet from this capital and will radically change the environment of our world to make it perfectly suitable for his people and his way of life. Planet Earth will never, ever be the same. Residents of Earth, do not fear. I promise I will show you in your Bible why all of the things I have just told you will surely come to pass. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So to recap last week, last week we learned that not only are we the aliens I've been describing in this series, 
but we come from the city of New Jerusalem, the capital of planet heaven. Amen. Listen to the words of Jesus on our status as aliens in this world. John chapter 8, verse 23 in the English Standard Version. He said to them, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Jesus made it clear to his religious critics that he was not of this world. Therefore, he was and is an alien. Furthermore, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you are also not of this world and you are also an alien. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an alien. We've done this every time, and I do it just because it's so much fun to see the looks on people's faces. Amen. (laughs) They're talking alien up here. Nanu, nanu. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 17, verse 14 through 16 in the New King James Version. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Amen. So there it is in the words of Jesus himself. He's declaring to the Father before he goes to the cross in the upper room, before he went to Gethsemane, he was praying for us. And he said, they are not of this world, just like I am not of this world. They are aliens, just like I'm an alien. Hallelujah. He is our leader. So when you share Jesus to other people that are unsaved and they receive it, they are asking you, take us to your leader. And it's your responsibility to take them to your leader, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can get them saved and make them aliens too. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because you know the minute you get saved, you become an alien to this world. Everything on the inside of you changes if you get born again. And over a period of weeks and months, your whole worldview will change if you start reading your Bible and you will become a different person on the inside. A person that is totally alien to this world system. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Jesus said, in effect, that we are to be in this world but not of this world. You've probably heard that before. We are in this world, but our citizenship is not of this world. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21 in the voice makes this clear. But we are citizens of heaven, exiles on earth, waiting eagerly for a liberator, our Lord Jesus, the anointed, to come and transform these humble earthly bodies into the form of his glorious body by the same power that brings all things under his control. Glory, hallelujah, can I have an amen? Amen. Not only is he coming for us one day, but when he comes for us, he's going to come with a new body, hallelujah. And it's going to be just like his, a glorious body that is indestructible, that is incorruptible. That is eternal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen to me. A body that will allow you to go anywhere in the universe you like, provided it fits under the umbrella of God's will, at the speed of thought. Hey, Lord, I'd like to take a closer look at the Andromeda galaxy. Boom. You're there. Hallelujah. You got a bird's eye view. Amen. Hallelujah. It'll be glorious. 
How, did you know that the Andromeda galaxy is 250 million light years from Earth? That means if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 250 million years to get there. That's how far away it is. Amen. But I digress. Hallelujah. A sci-fi. Actually, that's not sci-fi. That's a, that is real. That's actual natural science. Okay. So that was a science detour. One of many, probably, as we progress here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when our leader comes for us, we're going to be liberated from the limitations of this mortal body. And that'll be a glorious day. Hallelujah. Now, listen, I think that's way cool. Anybody out there besides me think that's way cool? There's no science fiction, science fantasy, novel, or movie that can come close to the realities of the promises of God that are ours in our future. It's going to be a glorious future. Listen, we have not even scratched the surface of the things that God has for us. Some of it is too big for our little brain to comprehend. Amen. It takes the spirit of God for us to even just see a picture of it. We have a glorious, fantastic future. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So I've thrown a lot at you over the last uh, two episodes. So I thought it would be a good idea to to back up and fill in some of the end time gaps. Okay. And in order to do that, I'm going to introduce you to a basic end times timeline so we can put everything in perspective. And so I can show you where the alien invasion fits in end time events. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where does the alien invasion fit into the biblical timeline? You know, I posted this on Facebook and it's a picture of a saucer on the White House lawn. Uh, actually, maybe not the White House, but across from the National Mall and the, and the Washington Monument and Lincoln Memorial. Anyway, I think it would be a good idea if uh, there was an alien invasion of Washington, D.C. Amen? I think they need some new thinking up there, don't you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when I say alien, I'm talking about the kind of alien that we are. Born of God. Filled with the Spirit. Mind of Christ, wisdom of God. That's what they need in Washington, D.C. I don't care what political stripes you wear. You need the wisdom of God if you're going to represent this country. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So where does this slide, this picture of alien invasion fit into the end times timeline, which is the next slide? This is an events timeline, and I will... Tell you ahead of time, this is a pre-trib rapture timeline, okay? And the reason I picked pre-trib rapture timeline is, number one, it's the most widely accepted timeline in the body of Christ. And number two, I believe it's the one that's most fully supported by the scriptures. Amen? Glory to God. So let's just go through this item by item, and then we'll come back and we'll share some scriptures to fill in some of these gaps. All right. We've got the first coming of Christ. Everybody's familiar with that. We can read about it in the Gospels. And then the church age. If you're looking for where you are, you know, you go to the mall and you look at the map and it says you are here. The you are here dot is just near the end of the church age there. What was that show where you followed the bouncing ball? 
Some of you old timers know that. Sing along with Mitch. Do y'all remember that? Oh, my God. Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Okay, we got three older people. Um, and Mike remembers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, so you got the first coming of Christ and then the church age, which was birth when uh, Jesus ascended and he sent the Holy Ghost to planet Earth so we could be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then at the end of the church age, we have something called the rapture. Okay, there's coming a time in the history of the church where the Lord will take his people out of planet Earth. I alluded to that in my opening statement and judgment will fall on planet Earth for seven years. It's commonly called the tribulation period. Uh, the Jews called it the time of Jacob's trouble, but it's up there on the timeline called great tribulation. Actually, there are some people who split it into two, three and a half year parts. The first part being the beginning of sorrows and the second three and a half years being great tribulation. Okay, but it's a minor point. All right. And at the end of the tribulation comes the second coming of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the alien invasion that I've been talking about, that all of you, if you're born again, are going to take part in. You are going to be an alien invader one day in the near future. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. And we're going to have some fun with it. And next week, we're going to dive deeply into the alien invasion and the thousand year occupation of planet Earth. And we're going to have some fun with it. And we're going to learn some things. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. And then uh, after the thousand year reign of Christ, when he comes back and sets up his kingdom on planet Earth, then we go into eternity and the new heavens and the new earth. And we'll cover that next week as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Let's go back and fill in some of these gaps and hit some of these points on this timeline with scripture. First thing I want you to realize is that when you read through the Bible, you're going to come across a term uh, and a concept uh, of his coming, and it pops up frequently in scripture. But you got to know that his coming is split into two parts. The first is his appearing when he comes for the church. And then the second is the second coming of Christ with that seven year tribulation period in between. So his coming encompasses that whole time period. And really, if you think about it, once he comes and sets up his kingdom, his coming, his day, which you'll also find in the scripture, encompasses the thousand year reign of Christ as well. So think of his coming in more broad terms than you probably have to this point. All right. It encompasses several points on this timeline. Namely, the first two most important are the rapture and the second coming of Christ and his subsequent kingdom. Amen. Have I lost anybody? All right. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So the Lord is going to take us out of here and then judgment's going to fall on planet Earth and the judgment is going to take two forms. Number one, it's judgment that God will allow through the hands of the Antichrist. Number two, it's judgment that God will mete out personally. And I'm telling you right now, if you believe in anything other than a pre-trib rapture, I strongly disagree with you because the church is not appointed to wrath. Amen. We're going to be taken out of here. And there's also a scripture that says that the Antichrist can't even be revealed until the thing that restrains him is removed. And the thing that restrains him is the body of Christ because of the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us and the authority we have in Jesus name. 
that entity has to be removed. Otherwise, Antichrist could never be revealed and he couldn't do anything. See, that force has to be removed before he can be let loose on planet Earth. Amen. Glory to God. All right. The other thing I need you to know is this is not intended to be an exhaustive study of the end times. This is an overview that I'm giving you because I want to zero in on the alien invasion. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to be able to put it in context so that you're not confused. All right. So the next thing on the prophetic calendar that I believe signals the coming of the Lord Jesus is worldwide revival. A lot of people believe and preach that every sign of the coming of Christ has been fulfilled except for the rapture. And I mostly agree with that. But I would say one of the signs that seems to be left out by a lot of these prophecy teachers is worldwide revival. I believe when you see that, then you need to lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. Amen. When you see worldwide revival, then the rapture is near. I am getting ahead of myself. All right. The next thing that happens after a worldwide revival is the teleportation of the alien force on planet Earth back to their home planet. That's the rapture. Amen. You're going to go through a space-time portal. It's going to transport you to another world. Amen. It's going to be glorious. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's read about that. 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 16 in the New King James Version. It's talking about the rapture. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now that's pretty plain language, but there's a segment of people in the body of Christ who do not even believe in the rapture. I don't know how you get around that, that we're going to be caught up together with the dead in Christ and meet the Lord in the air. That, to me, says we're going up in the air. Amen. And Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I'm coming again to get you so I can take you where I am. Amen. Amen. It's very plain in the scripture. So, you know, I can agree to disagree with people who place the the rapture, some people believe in a mid-trib rapture. You know, I can agree to disagree on that. But no rapture is totally unscriptural. I'm just telling you right now. I just read it to you in the Bible. All right. So this scripture was written by Brother Paul to the Thessalonians because they were actually concerned about the people who had passed on, who had believed in Jesus but were now dead or asleep in Christ. They thought that when the rapture occurred, that those people were somehow going to miss out on the rapture. And Paul was quick to point out, they're not going to miss out. They're going to be the first ones to take part in the rapture. Okay, so I'm going to say some things right now that you need to hear because I'm shocked at, at how that most of the body of Christ, many in the body of Christ, are clueless about this. And people ask, well, where do you go when you die? Well, 
Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Where's the Lord? In heaven. So where are you going? Heaven. Amen. Okay. So all the people that are dead in Christ that are in heaven right now, when Jesus comes back, they're coming with him. Their spirit and souls are coming with him to retrieve their old dead body out of the grave. And Jesus is going to make it new. The dead in Christ will rise first. They'll get their bodies first. And then a fraction of a second later, we'll get ours. And we'll all be caught up together in our new bodies in the air. And the Lord will take us back to heaven to train up for the great invasion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. All right. Acts chapter 1, verse 10 to 11 in New King James Version. This is the second coming of Christ. Notice that in Thessalonians, we talked about the coming of the Lord, but uh, this was talking about his appearing to catch up the church. Now we're talking about the literal second coming of Christ who will set up his kingdom on earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 10 through 11, New King James Version. And this is, the context is the ascension of Jesus Christ when he finally leaves planet earth after showing himself alive for 40 days. He finally was ascended to heaven. And it says here, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Amen. In other words, he's coming, but this time he's coming back to earth. And the angels told his followers, he's going to come the same way he left. He's going to come through the air. Amen. He ascended and now he's going to descend at the appropriate time. And he's going to plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. This is a fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy in chapter 14. Zechariah says in verse 4, And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split into from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north, and half of it toward the south. Amen. This is the alien invasion. I've been referring to. But before we get to that, I want to say a word about the timing of his coming. Amen. But before I get to that, I think I need to say a little bit about this verse. It says Jesus is coming back and he's going to plant his feet on the same mountain which he left 2,000 years ago. And what's really cool is he says as soon as his feet touches that mountain, it's going to cleave in two. There's going to be an earthquake, and that mountain is going to split in two from east to west, and there's going to be a northern half, and there's going to be a southern half of a valley. There are many people that believe this valley is going to be so wide that it's going to allow the Mediterranean Ocean to flow into the Dead Sea and bring the Dead Sea to life again after thousands of years of being a Dead Sea. Not only will it bring the Dead Sea to life, I happen to believe this interpretation, but it will make Israel the major port in the entire world. All the goods and services from Israel can flow out of that port there that flows from the Dead Sea through the heart of Israel into the Mediterranean Sea. That's a cool concept. And I won't charge you anything extra for that. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anyway, praise the Lord. So a word about the timing of his coming. The predominant view among Bible-believing Christians and leaders today is that the coming of the Lord is imminent. That all the signs have been fulfilled, as I alluded to earlier, except for the rapture. Okay? And, you know, we could be out of here tomorrow, according to the way these people preach it. I beg to differ. I respectfully disagree. Because the way I read my Bible... There's going to be a convergence of the former and the latter rain. That's the outpouring of God's spirit. And there's going to be a great harvest that the Lord will collect before we're taken out of here. Okay, let me give you my logic on that. Let me read the scripture to you. First of all, why do I believe that the coming world revival is the next sign you should look for? Well, because I see it in the scripture. Isaiah chapter 60, verse one through five in the King James Version. Listen to this. This is awesome. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. This is talking about the church. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. How many out there would agree that gross darkness is covering the earth right now? Well, Isaiah said when that happens, it's time for the church to arise. And let the glory of God shine from you all over the world. Amen. That's our cue. That means this is the time for the church to arise. When the darkness seems to be winning, we need to arise and let our light poke holes through and push back that darkness. Amen. Glory to God. Time for the church to activate. Verse 3. And the Gentiles, that word there means the nations, and the nations shall come to thy light. If we will arise and let our light shine, Isaiah is saying the nations will come to that light. Hallelujah. And kings to the brightness of thy rising. Amen. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Listen to this. This is the this is the the coup d'etat, man. This is the creme de la creme. This is the best part. Verse five. Then thou shalt see and flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. That actually means your heart's going to beat so so fast and so hard you think it's going to leap out of your chest because you're so excited because the abundance of the sea anytime you see the sea mentioned in scripture and it doesn't specifically tell you what sea it is it's talking about the multitudes and the abundance of the sea that's the unsaved multitudes shall be converted unto thee the forces or the wealth that word actually means the wealth of the gentile nations shall come unto thee amen if we will arise And let our light shine. The Bible says the nations will come to that light. And all of the wealth of those nations will come with it. Not just financial wealth. But listen. Think about the heritage and the richness of all the different cultures and ethnic groups and language groups all over the world. All of that's going to be brought into the great melting pot of the body of Christ. Making us stronger because of our diversity. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that glorious? The nations will come to the light if you'll just arise as the body of Christ. That's what Isaiah is saying. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Dr. Emmanuel Sony, originally from the Congo, he ministered here at the Ricky Leonard Ministries 
World Mission Conference we had just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the times he spoke, he shared a statistic that literally set me on fire. Amen. He said there are a combined 2,200 nations and ethnic groups and language groups combined together living on planet Earth at this time. 2,200. Seven billion people in all. Most of whom who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm sorry. I just don't think it's the heart of God to take us out of here and leave billions behind who've never had a chance to say yes to Jesus. I don't believe that. I'll never believe that. So what does that mean? We got work to do. Amen. We got work to do. I like what Kat Kerr says. Take your rapture pack off and put your crown on and start ruling and reigning and getting people saved, filled, and healed, and delivered. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let me read what Jesus had to say about this. How many believe in Scripture? If it's in red, it's, it's extra true because <laughs> it's the word of Jesus, you know. Hallelujah. So let me read you some red words. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14 in the King James Version. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. That word for nations there means ethnos. It means every ethnic group, every language group, every nation on the face of the planet. Okay. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Nothing's left out. That word there, all, I looked it up in the Greek. It means all. Amen. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all ethnic groups, all language groups, all races, all nations, and then shall the end come. Amen. Now, I'm retreading here, but it's good stuff. Some have correctly pointed out that the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached to all the nations of the known world at that time after the outpouring of the spirit in Jerusalem. Okay, within two years, they spread the gospel all over the known world. But surely the correct interpretation of Matthew 24, 14, as this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, which is in existence at the time of the end. Amen. That's us, 7 billion people. You know what? Many people don't realize this, but that's more people alive right now at one time than all the ages of the earth combined up till now are alive at one time. This is the greatest harvest field that the world has ever seen, and it's only going to get greater because the population is going up. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got 7 billion people we got to reach. Don't tell me the return of the Lord is imminent. You know, now I believe God can do a quick work, but 7 billion people is a lot of people to get saved. So it might take us more than a few days. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Praise the Lord. So until I see the flames of worldwide revival raging all over the world, I'm going to keep my hand to the plow and bring as many people into the kingdom as I can. Until we're taken out of here. Amen. So what's my philosophy of end times? In a word, in a phrase. We'll go something like this. You should plan like Jesus is not coming back for a hundred years. But you should live like he's coming back any moment. 
if you will do that, when he comes for you, he'll find you running your race. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find the church arising and shining and taking the gospel all over the world and bringing the nations to that light? Will he find that? I say, yes, he will. Amen. If I have anything to do with it, that's what's going to happen. And I know you feel the same way. Amen. Glory to God. Now, those people who believe that we could be out of here any second, you know, I respectfully disagree with. But you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. (laughs) We'll sort it out in heaven, right? The marriage supper of the lamb. It'll be the big topic, you know. The pre-tribbers were right. Dang, you know. (laughs) Give them an extra apple, another bottle of wine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's that? It's going to be wine in heaven. Jesus said, I will not I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I can drink it with my people. And that's the marriage supper of the lamb. You know, praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So let's wrap it up here for now. I know I got you all agitated. I got myself agitated. (laughs) Next week, we'll dive in deep to the coming alien invasion that all of you that call yourself born again are going to be a part of and the thousand-year occupation of planet Earth. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed part three of today's message titled, Alien Invasion. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page, at Faith Life Wilmington.